really good conversation with a with a friend of mine, Travis Cook, today on a subject matter that I think is going to resonate with a lot of you, playing well when you're nervous, right? Whether it's a tournament, whether it's with your buddies, little money games, or just the pressure that we put on ourselves, it is often pretty darn challenging to get your game in shape at the moments that you need it the most. And I think um, some of the things that Travis asks about um, is something that all golfers face, no matter how good or how long you've been playing. And I think we get through a few possible solutions and things that you might want to try, and uh, including stuff that I learned from my travels as a playing professional, but also uh, through some other world-class players like Fred Couples and Nick Faldo. And uh, just sharing some ideas and hope it really helps you in your next big event. This is the Golf Essentials Podcast with Casey Bork. Wouldn't it be great if you could play golf and you didn't have the score in the back of your head? You didn't have the, uh, you know, uh, yeah, if I, you know, I, you know, par out for 66 in the back of your head or, you know, what's my victory going to be like? And, (laughs) you know, or how bad is it going to be if I bogey two of the last three here and and don't break 80, who's going to criticize me or, you know, I got to answer to a bunch of idiots on that, you know? Exactly. Uh, That's, that's the exact thing that, that, you know, when I'm in the middle of a round, I know that, Hey, you know, I'm playing pretty good here. I, I don't want to sit there and have to, you know, worry about, hey, you know, if I keep this together, I can sit there and shoot 68. Or, you know, I, I'm four strokes ahead of the guy that I know is in second place in this tournament. And, you know, as long as I don't choke, I'm I'm going to hold it together and I'm going to do just fine. Right. So it it's it's a matter of getting out of your own way sometimes because you know you're overthinking it. And there, there's just so many different different ways of going about trying to to figure out how to, to keep your game on track. Yeah. Yeah. No, no kidding. Um, but I mean, my, my response to you on, on that stuff, I, I, I really think that, um, because everybody is unique, it, it golf is big, big time about self-awareness. Um, I think knowing what, you can do in certain situations and um i i have a friend of mine back in maine who who gets very nervous when he plays in golf tournaments he's a pretty good player and he just gets nervous when the lights go on you know what i mean Mm -hmm. And, and he hasn't been able to sort of perform sort of at the state amateur level like like he believes he should and right um and inevitably he'll, you know, leading up to say the state am he'll, he'll talk to me and he'll be like, man, I've been playing great. You know, I shot in the sixties the last two out of three times and da da da. And then he goes and tees it up in the tournament and, and shoots 80 or something, you know? And, um, so, and he, and he's not like a, a lifelong athlete either, but right. 
I, I try to tell them, I try to frame it up like this. I, I try to frame it up and say, look, don't, don't go to the golf course on the first day of a tournament or any day of a tournament thinking or hoping that you're just not going to be nervous. Right. Like I yeah. think I, I've been there too. And, and if you've listened to any of my stuff, you know that, I mean, I was on the brink of quitting golf because I had the yip so bad. And yeah, I mean, I was insanely nervous playing golf and I, I dreaded rounds of golf at certain times, but like, you don't want to wake up hoping that you're not going to be nervous. In fact, I think that's a lot like hoping that it's not going to be windy, right? Some yeah, days I mean, it's, it's you're, completely out of your control. Yes, it's out of your control. And your nerves and how you feel is a factor to be accounted for, just like the wind is accounted for when you're hitting a seven iron into a green. Like, I, I agree 100%. It just seems like sometimes when you're put in situations that you're not used to being in, um, I mean, for me in particular, I never played a whole lot of tournament golf growing up. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the northern side of 35 now. And it, for me, uh, never playing tournament golf until I was, you know, in my mid-30s trying to to tweak my golf game and make sure that I'm I'm – focused and in tournament mode so to speak um it's it's a different kind of golf than going out on a sunday and playing with your buddies so it 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 puts you in a a different mental state and a different um almost a different swing because your body's going to react differently like you were saying uh when you're in those situations you know you might tense up or something under the nerves so yep yep I, I can tell you, man, I, I mean, I have, in my golf life, I have found myself in some real crazy situations in terms of, like, I had no idea how I was going to behave and how I was going to act. I would, I, I did, I qualified, I played in the U.S. Open, and I was, mm-hmm. on the, I was on the USGA website that week. This was at Shinnecock Hills in 04. I was on the... Mm-hmm. I was on their website as being the long shot of all the long shots in the, in the field. I had, I had seven Canadian tour tournaments under my belt and I had only made three cuts. And now I'm on that stage and get this in the, in the practice round, I was playing with Casey Wittenberg, Brock McKenzie and Kevin Stadler. And we Mm -hmm. went out on Sunday before they let anybody in. So all the, these big grandstands are all empty and we went around Shinnecock and we're standing on the seventh tee and we all looked at each other and we hadn't been like grinding for score or anything like that. More just like sort mm-hmm. of, but we all looked at each other and we were like, none of us, none of us have made a par yet. <laughs> like, like a legitimate <laughs> par. Like we were just like in the rough here and there and like you hack some out and you, you, you're, you're working on stuff around the greens and stuff. But like, none of us like played a hole where we just sort of hit the fairway, hit the green and haphazardly two putted for something or whatever. Like none yeah. of us have made a par and I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, what the hell am I going to shoot at this place when all these people flood in here and they start keeping track of all these shots I'm hitting? Like I had no idea. I honestly thought I could, I could shoot over a hundred. 
Yep. That actually went through my head. That was really scary, man. <laughs> no, I, I hear you a hundred percent. Like around here, I, I don't get a lot of, you know, major tournament venues, so to speak. I mean, with, I play a lot in the NYSGA series they have going around the state. And I mean, they'll bring you to, to different courses. They go out to enjoy where they have the Dick's sporting goods open. Um, I've played, uh, I actually go down and play Beth page black, uh, once a year. Cool. And it's, it's a learning experience every time because you're comparing yourself to what the pros may shoot on those courses, you know? And I, I have finally dropped my handicap. I'm down to about a three, one at this yeah. point in time. Cool. And, you know, you still go out there and shoot, you know, I, I played the black horse this year from the tips and I shot 86 and thought that I didn't have another shot better in me. <laughs> so you played great. I, right. I, I thought, you know, I, I don't think I could have hit it any better. You know, tee to green, my putting was lacking a little bit, but I, I don't know that I could have picked up that many shots. And I, I, I was shocked at the end of the day when you sit there and start adding up the scorecard and you're yeah. 15 over par and you're, where did all those shots go? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what, so what, um, tell me, tell me some, tell me a story about, you know, what you've been facing as far as breaking barriers or, or where you feel like the hurdles are for you. Well, actually it goes right back to, to this year. I had, I have been, you know, a three, four, five handicap for probably three years now. And in my life prior to this year, I had never broken par. Mm-hmm. So we go down for that Beth page trip this year and we're down there at 11 o'clock in the morning and our black course tea time isn't until four o'clock in the afternoon. We had the last tea time of the day. Mm-hmm. So, so, okay, well let's get out and play one of the other courses just for a fun round of warm up or something like that in the morning. We'll have some fun, eat some lunch and then, you know, go out and play the black. Well, we go out and play the yellow. So going through the yellow course, the front nine, I think I shoot even par on the front nine. All right, we're having a good round. Mm-hmm. I, I make a couple birdies early on the back nine and a couple par saves here and there. And I'm, I'm looking down. I, it's, you know, the 16th hole. I'm two under. I, it's just one of those don't choke moments. You know, you're going to end up breaking par if you hold it together and don't screw up. And as soon as you tell yourself that, you tense up and you start pulling drives, you start blocking things, your swing just tightened up to a point where I could not put the ball in the fairway. So I spent the last couple holes aiming the ball to the green and trying to save par. So fortunately, I don't know if you've ever had the the pleasure of playing any of the Beth Page courses, but the 18th on the yellow is a driving range. I mean, you can hit this thing anywhere and you're going to have a swing at it. Yeah. So I, I hit it down there, had uh, had a short iron in to the green, put it on there, two-putted, and, and shot 69. And uh, it was the first time ever breaking par, you know, first time in the 60s. It, it's, it was just – you just felt that tenseness, it, you know, in your body where you could not – imagine what it was going to be until you start getting to that barrier where, you know, you're like, Oh my God, if I keep this together, I'm going to finally do it. 
And every opportunity I had had prior to that, you know, I, I had a home course where you'd come to the 17th hole, you're two under par, and you'd go bogey, bogey to shoot even. You know, it's it just one of those things where you can't get out of your own way sometimes. So I was I was yeah. actually really pleased that I managed to pull that off. Yeah, it's it's really hard, man. Um, you know, I imagine if you think back of like sort of how you were going about your business until that point on 16 when you figured out where you stood, um, mm -hmm. you were probably, you know, not so super obsessed over score for one, but, you know, every little result that you were going to get from there on out, right? Like, Exactly. It was more results sudden, driven rather than shot. Yeah. Like you, all of a sudden you just crossed over into ultra res results driven as opposed mm -hmm. to process driven. Right. Um, yeah. You were probably just goofing off with your buddies and then you look down at the scorecard and like, wow, you know, I'm a couple on. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> with, you know? with the guys that we play with, we're all pretty competitive and there, there's one kid that, I, I tend to enjoy playing with, but it depends on the day, depends on the course. Some days he'll beat me, other days I'll beat him. And that day he was on as well. So I was more focused on, hey, he just put up a par. I need to match it or, or beat it. Yep. And it took me away from thinking about my score. It was just beat him. It was more match play rather than stroke play, but even though it wasn't a, a tournament or anything, you know? And I get competitive like that, and it turns around, and he ends up shooting one over, and I shot two under that day. And, uh, you know, it, it was just – it worked out well all the way around. Yeah, sounds like a great match. Um, yeah. I, no, that's – that is uh, – that's, that's a hard thing, you know. Um, you know, you hear all the cliches, the, the golf instructors, golf coaches tell you to stay in the present, think about the, you know, the, the shot you're about to hit and all that, you mm -hmm. know. I mean, there, there is yeah. validity to it, um, you know. Uh, but, you know, I think that sort of choke factor for – and I can only really speak to, like, my feelings, you know, and maybe mm -hmm. what I've but you know in different times I and I can tell you I have I have experienced absolutely both ends of the spectrum I have experienced being more fearful than you can imagine playing golf mm -hmm. and then in like the biggest of situations being super confident and like man why can't I just do that you know um oh I'm, I'm right there with you and you know, I, I think it's human nature. I think when you are, and I was talking to Chuck about this the other night, you know, with his putting and, you know, if, if you're playing with a lot of fear, I, it really affects your decision-making and, you know, you, you try to feel like maybe you have to be more perfect than you really need to be because maybe you're, you're afraid of making mistakes or you're afraid of, exposing some weakness that you feel like you have in your game for him it's his putting um you know so I definitely the same way. Yeah. you know i i maybe thinking back like and and i think i think it does help to sort of you know debrief after a situation like that like you had at beth page like what was i feeling what did i go through before and then after that moment where it seemed to 
you know, the switch need tended to flip there. Um, mm -hmm. how, was I, how was I looking at the world, you know, and how did that change? And I, I just feel like it's the opposite. Like, um, when, when I'm feeling really nervous, I have to fight the urge to fire at every flag. Cause I, I feel like if I'm playing bad, I need to fire at every flag to sort of make up for it. Or if I'm nervous, I need to hit it close so I don't screw up or whatever. Where, right. in fact, if you, if you feel what your body is telling you and what your mind is telling you and what your nerves are telling you, you should be playing much more conservative in those situations, you know? Um, yeah. To, to try to take some of the stress off, like just hit it at the middle of the green, take something off the tee that isn't going to stress you out. Because what happens is you, you make a freed up swing that way and then, wow, you know, now you, you – gain a little bit of that confidence back and then you can pull out the big stick on the next hole with it, without that fear. You know what I mean? Like you, you get a couple free swings at it without taking a big chance, you know? Um, yep. Yep. No, I mean, when, when you don't have any pressure on you, I mean, you can walk up to the first tee on a Sunday afternoon with your buddies and just rip mm -hmm. one right down the middle. But as yep. soon as there's pressure on the line, then it's, you know, that fairway looks about as wide as, a, you know, a city sidewalk and good luck hitting it. Yeah. But that pressure is completely within you. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I've played in, in PGA Tour events where I, I, I've felt totally fine. Like, I was, it, like, the pressure sharpened me. Like, I was, yep. I was a better player because of the pressure. You know what I mean? And other times playing with just my buddies in a little match, I feel really nervous, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's almost in this, the, the, the people like to put the heat on or, or put the, the onus on the tournament that you're playing in. But to me, it's more how you feel internally and, um, you know, and, and trying to listen to yourself there. I, I was at a, um, a, a clinic Nick Faldo did a clinic uh, a few weeks ago and he and he did this clinic for some elite junior golfers here in Orlando okay. and mm -hmm. and it was super cool because it wasn't sort of the dummy down fluff version that he would give to the general public you know a bigger audience where you got all handicaps these are like aspiring really good players you know right and there were a couple things that he said on the lines of like tournament golf. And this is a guy that's won six majors, <laughs> like crazy. Yeah. Um, he had a couple things that really resonated with me. Number one was, you know, when you're faced with certain shots on the golf course, um, n knowing what you feel like you, if a shot, maybe the lie just isn't sitting just right or whatever it might be. Um, telling yourself, okay, uh, I, that is not like, say you got, you know, two thirty to carry the water, but the lie, you know, with a three wood or something and the lie isn't, isn't so good. And your buddy just hit it over and now you got to hit it. Of course, it's the guy code, but yeah. you know, <laughs> Faldo was saying, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be tough enough mentally to be able to say to yourself, I can't hit this shot today. And he, and he used that word today because it's not a situation where you can't hit that shot. It's just, I, I'm just not going to hit that shot today. 
you're telling yourself, I, I can probably hit it tomorrow or some other situation. But right now at this moment, that's not the shot for me. If, mm-hmm. if you're getting these, these vibes like, Ooh, this, this is not, you know, or maybe like a certain flag that you're aiming at and you've, you know what I mean? Like you give no, it, that's... that license to sort of ease off, you know, and take the easier less, less stress is always good. <laughs> you know, hitting for me, it's, it's not hitting the shot always that is what I worry about. I, I don't know if it, if it's, if it's just a, a mental block or whatever, but it's more of a, a, I'm worried about everything leading up to it. As soon as I get over the shot, it's pull the trigger, hit it, and, you know, everything should turn out just fine. But, you know, you take that last breath, set yourself, and then, you know, just pull the trigger, and you know everything's going to be fine. And it's so, all the, the mental prep and, and lead up to, I hope I don't screw this up. And if that's I the see. last swing thought you're going to have, you're never going to be right. That, that's the other thing that he touched on in this clinic that I thought was brilliant. But – I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in just a second. I just want to finish this one little thought where, um, so everybody thinks that course management and playing under pressure always means being too conservative. I mean, not, not too conservative, always means moving from aggressive to being conservative. Like everybody has to let off the gas pedal, Right. Mm-hmm. The converse is just as big of a mistake. If you're in tune with your body and what you're feeling, and if you're in a huge tournament, like let's say you, you, you get in, you qualify for the New York Am next year, and, you, mm-hmm. and you're in the first round and you get it going, and you're like three under par through 15 holes, and you got a reachable par five, and you're just like, you're zoning it, or you're feeling really good, mm-hmm. and you say, oh, but I'm in this situation. I, I got to ease off. I got to, I got to let off the gas pedal that that could be just as big of a mistake to not take advantage of when you're feeling good and to, to take advantage of opportunities on the other side, right? The converse is a mistake as well. It's not always letting off the gas pedal, but if you're in tune with your body and your emotions, you can take advantage of opportunities even in these big situations, if you're feeling up to it, right? I agree. I agree. I, I've never met a par five I didn't like. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I'm a wedge guy, so I, I, I always have to tell myself, you know what, let's lay it back to 80 yards and hit a wedge up there and do it that way. But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the thing that you mentioned about leading up to the shot, um, you know, having that positive picture, in your mind, sort of that, that visual of a successful outcome can be hard to, to pull up when you just made a couple bogeys in a row or you're just not feeling it. Right. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Like that, that the positive versus negative vibes that you have running through your body? Yeah. I mean, you have a couple couple holes before that where you know you you three jack one or Mm -hmm. you uh you lay the sod over a a wedge or something like that where you know it's going to be an easy birdie and you end up making a bogey or something like that you get to the next hole that's maybe a 200 yard par three 
and you got a ravine or something in front of you, you're like, you're seeing all the danger and not what you should be seeing. You're, you know, don't, don't screw this up. You, you know, you gotta, you gotta stick it on the green or something here, put it close so you can end up making up the bad shots. And, you know, all you're seeing is don't screw up rather than, all right, here's my target. Here's the distance. Here's the club, make a good swing and, and put it, put it where it needs to be. Yep. Um, I've done a couple little tricks in my career to help with that. And then Faldo touched on one that I had never heard of that I thought was probably better than all of them. Um, so the ones that I've used before, uh, the first one I got from Fred couples years ago, um, he said at some point, you know, when he pulls out his five iron, he Mm -hmm. thinks back to the last, like, absolutely pure five iron that he hit like he he'll he'll bring up that sensation that feeling that motion the the visuals and he'll Mm -hmm. he'll try to recall everything that he went through in the place that he was when he hit that perfect five iron so he's got he's got that visual for each of his clubs in his bag and he and he tries and when he needs it he'll pull up that visual of like the pure seven iron that he hit or whatever mm-hmm. you know and i know i've i've done that um i have put myself on an entirely different golf course <laughs> um when i was nervous i i played in a tour event in vegas and the 18th hole there is a, a tricky tee shot over a ravine dog leg left and and i literally put myself when I was hitting that shot on the first, I put it, I put myself on the first tee of my home club. There you go. I literally like really focused on being, all right, I'm going to envision that I'm the first tee at Moon Valley country club with my buddies. And that, Mm -hmm. but the one that, that Faldo went through and he, he spent some time on it in this clinic. Um, and it's, it's one of the episodes in my podcast. You can go back and listen to it if you, if you wanted to, the, the sound is not great, but the stuff is really good. Um, what he talks about is, so he, he asked the kids, um, to pick a golfer that they, they love, like, who's your favorite golfer? Who's a guy or a gal that you, you watch and you just uh, love their game or their swing? Any of them? I, I admire Rory's swing. I think it's got to be one of the most pure swings on the PGA tour. It's, it's just, it's gorgeous. Perfect. Yeah. And, and he's a good, positive, successful guy. So what, what Feldo was saying, and and he used to do it in the old days with Nicholas and player and, and those guys, because each of them sort of hit a different ball flight. So he had a few in his, in his mind. Um, But before he, he stepped into a shot. He'd be standing behind the ball. This was part of his routine. And he, he called it having their ghost go up to the ball and hit the shot that he's about to hit. And if you have Rory Sabatini, uh, Rory McElroy step up to the tee and hit the shot and you literally watch him in your mind make his swing and hit the shot and produce that result, Rory's not going to screw up the shot. Like if it's an intimidating tee shot, you know what I mean? You could, mm-hmm. you could literally visualize Rory making a good pure swing like you were playing with him and he stripes it right down the middle and you, you 
you get that sort of positive visual like yeah if rory was standing here he wouldn't have these fears he'd step up and knock it right down the middle like no doubt about it and right the only difference is he carries it 330 and i carry it 280 you know (laughs) (laughs) right but you're looking for that visual and then what you do is you step up and you step into that ghost and you repeat what you just saw him do or what you what you know that he would do right so um yeah and i thought that was a really interesting thing because if you know if you got a flop shot around the green you could well phil is lefty but you know you could you know all these shots you got maybe a handful of players you could literally watch them or if you were playing with them or they had the same shot you watch them produce the shot successfully and then you step into their ghost and you do exactly what they just did and um and at least that gives you that positive vibe you know that positive mojo um if you ever go to a pga tour event or i don't know if you have but you probably walked out of that place with some some good stuff in your head right like you know i feel energized i want to go play i want to go hit it you know or you watch masters on tv or something you know yeah, I've never had opportunity to go to a, a live event. However, I, I think I'm going to try and make the trek down to Bethpage this year for the PGA. Mm. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, you'll walk out of there just feeling like you want to go play some golf. And mm-hmm. you're, you're going to see a bunch of good shots. And um, But anyway, that was one trick that Faldo said that he used to do himself. Um, you know, he needed a a big tee shot on 15 at Augusta or whatever. Jack Nicholas mm-hmm. would step up and bang it out there right down the middle. And then he would go step into Nicholas's footsteps and do the same thing. <laughs> it, makes sense. Um, it does make sense. You know, the mind is a, is a, a an amazing thing. Um, and it, it's, it's not easy. And, you would like to think that a guy like Nick Faldo would just say, you know what, that never bothered me at all. I just played and it was easy and I was never nervous. And, but you know what, he's nervous too. And he's fighting those same emotions, you know, it's Uh, just on a different level. Sometimes (laughs) we're we're going out here for county amateurs or something like that (laughs) or stadium. And he's out there for uh, a couple million dollar paychecks. So. Sure. And he's got more sure. in the line than what we do. It's just a, a mental grind, that's all. Yeah. You know, the other thing that he really talked about a lot, too, was leaning on facts rather than opinions. So, um, you know, when you look back at the rounds that you played, you played or what you shot isn't always the best indication. But, um, you know, for him, he said he used to count uh, – and during the course of a round of golf, how many birdie putts he had inside of 15 feet. And he knew okay. if he went out and had 12 birdie putts inside of 15 feet and he shot even par, it was not his ball striking's fault. It was, right. it was his putting's fault, right? On the, other side, on the other hand, you know, if you hit it inside 15 feet 12 times, you're, even if you putt terrible, you're going to make four or five of them. And – you know, you're going to, you're going to yeah. probably shoot. There's your 68. If you putt really good, you're going to shoot 64. Um, but that, I mean, he, he emphasized that a number of times. Like, like whenever you can fall back on facts, 
um, that, that helps, that helps you mentally. Uh, yeah. You know, because if you're able to objectively look at what you're doing and how you're doing it, um, you know, I think for me, like, like relying on, I don't know how, uh, how, how you go about it when you play, if you're a numbers guy, like if you really, you know, need to know your numbers, like if you've got a 70 yard wedge shot versus a 66 yard wedge shot, or are you just a feel guy? Um, well, I, I hit the laser on just about everything outside of what I feel is pitch or chip range. Yep. You know, if I got something that I can, I, I feel like could potentially be at least a, a three quarter swing lob wedge or something like that, then I'll hit it with the laser just to know. Um, for me, it's just positive reinforcement. You know, yep. before I, I would play a, a fun round at my home course and I knew that, you know, the tee shot on, the fourth hole there was going to be a, a five iron layup up the fairway, you know, and then you have a, a 120 yard wedge into the green, you know, it just everything about certain courses, you know, before even pulling out the laser, but you got a, a course that you, you don't play much or you, you want to change it up and hit a different club off the tee or something that day. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll put, put the laser in and, and see what exactly I'm doing from what yardage and, you know, see what kind of consistency I can get. Yep. So. Yeah, I think the the better you know your numbers, it all falls back to knowing yourself, you know. So if you've got a 150-yard shot, that might be 150 yards to the flag, but 140 to carry the bunker in front. And now you yep. can – even if you're super nervous, you know, you could you could take those numbers to a big tournament and it – all comes down to all right i gotta land this thing 145 and release it to 150 or whatever and that's an eight or whatever and you know yeah and you you know you've hit that shot you know that's what your eight iron does when you do when you make a certain swing and that helps you deal with the pressure that helps you not have so much doubt standing over the ball and when you have less doubt you're going to have less of that sort of freak out nerve stuff that, yep. that people get going on, you know? Um, yes, sir. You know, yep. uh, the, the, uh, the other thing I thought that was interesting the other day is on, I think it was one of my replies to you on Twitter was that, you know, you get that feeling where, you know, in your in your body that you're going to win that tournament and you would actually mention how do you know you're going to win uh when you can when you can sit there and you know you're playing well and you're firing at every flag and you're pulling off every shot that you want and it's you know just working for you that day and you're clear of, of that second place guy how do you stay focused in in that that round when you know that there's pretty much nothing that you can do that's going to screw it up? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, the uh, the New York State Amateur Series, so it's it's scored gross and net, so you have your ins and outs of that. But just either way, you go to go to the tournament, and you know that if you play your game, that you're going to win. 
you know, for, for me, I, I go out there and I know that if I play to my best ability, I feel like I have a chance at winning every tournament that I enter. It, it's a mm-hmm. flaw and, and asset at the same time. So I go out to the, I made it to the championship here a couple years ago and I went out to Oak Hill and I oh, shot 73 rounds. Oh, I'm telling you, I love that course. That's I, I shot 73 around the course and ended up winning the, winning the championship by five shots. But the last two, two or three holes, it was, you know, what can I even do here to not, you know, to, to stay focused? Because everything I hit that day, every putt that I had just found its way in. And it was almost like I couldn't miss if I tried. <laughs> but you know well, you I have mean, those I, days yeah i mean i would like when you asked that question um i thought you were inferring um hey i know i was going to win and i f- still felt like i was choking or i was going to choke but you're asking well, something different you you knew you were going to win and that brought about good stuff Right, like right, less right. There's there's cons and and, and yeah. stuff even in that because you're you're like, all right, well, I know I'm playing well. How am I going to keep my head wrapped around this right now? Because yeah. you know, even even though you're you're not necessarily scared of choking and losing that time, but how are you bottle that up? Of, how are you capable of handling this? You know? Yeah. How how can I do that every time? Almost, <laughs> you know, like yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wish I had that answer. I I can think of a number of times where I've had that, not not necessarily knowing that I would win, but just knowing that I was going to perform well, and and mm-hmm. I was okay if I was okay with the outcome, no matter what, just because mm-hmm. I I I was ready to play golf, and I was like, there was no shot I was going to be afraid of, and I, I know it was going to be pretty hard to beat you know, with that mm-hmm. mentality, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I wish you could bottle that up. I, I mean, <laughs> that, that confidence comes from, to, to me, it, it, it comes from being prepared. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you feel like you've, you've, you've done your work and, um, you know, probably in, in recent memory, you've been playing well. So your, your confidence rides these waves, you know? And, uh, so, you know, a good spell of play can bring about, you know, a lot of confidence and you've been doing your work too. And if you, you know, if you believe you can, or you believe you can't, you're probably right. You know, that's true. Um, that's true. How do we get to that? I know I can more <laughs> often than, and it's, it's rare. It's, it's hard, man. But when you do come across it, it's important that you just, no matter what tournament you're in, go with it. Like, don't get in your own way. Don't think about, oh man, I'm already six under par here. And you know what I mean? Like, yep. don't let the situation ruin that. <laughs> you know, because it it is very precious. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. I uh, I, um, I definitely enjoy playing the golf a whole lot more 
now just it, it puts that pressure on you and you get to know you learn more about yourself in the process so yeah, I mean, yeah. as long as as long as you can manage it and and either feed off of the nerves or or control them enough that you can perform in some way shape or form then uh i guess all is well yeah yeah i'll i'll leave you on on one other thought that i mean this nick faldo clinic was i walked away from that i was like wow there was just a lot of gold mines in there you know just like really good stuff um mm -hmm. he was at some point in the clinic he was talking about having the kids like sort of experiment with he was getting pretty deep into some stuff but experiment with different triggers from the top of the swing so like he always liked to like to think of his left shoulder as triggering the downswing but he said you know try different things like maybe your left knee or your left hip or your left heel like squashing the bug to start your downswing you know what i mean or your your core or your right shoulder your right hip and like hit a bunch of range shots and with these different triggers and see which ones feel good and which ones don't. But what he was saying was you might notice after a while, like each of these triggers might produce slightly different ball flights. And, and, okay. and this was like him putting in a lot of time, but you know, he knew that if he felt like he was triggering with his left shoulder, he knew that the ball would never go left. Like that was a, that was a trick. If he needed it to go like hook a little bit, he might think of maybe his left hip and that tended to turn the ball over a little and there's very slight variances, but, but anyway, he, he gets into that, but, but the gist of the whole thing was to have a plan B with your golf. Okay. Swing. And you know, if your 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 one swing is just not feeling good one day. It's really cool to have something that you can fall back on that is a plan B. It's, you know, he, he called it one of his motions. He called his chicken wing. Like he felt like, um, like yeah, the Jordan uh, speed going on. Yeah. Yeah. He'd like <laughs> just sort of hold off on it and, and it produces yeah. little fade. And he, he told a story about playing in Doral in the final round, and he just chicken-winged it all the way around. He felt terrible. He wasn't hitting it good, but the chicken wing was working, and he won the golf tournament, and, you know, like with his plan B. And having, okay. like, at least on paper, in theory, right, if you had a, you know, your, your main golf swing, but you had some little triggers or motions that you could – fall back on like if it all hits the fan I, I know I can fall back on this or this that would I think help your chances with your plan a it's possible you know I mean, what I mean if you got an open open hole or something like that go for it and if you need to, to squeeze one out there you're good well I mean I, I think having the plan b and c would actually ease the pressure on plan a itself and actually make plan a more likely to be working for you as opposed to if it's plan a or nothing <laughs> you know what i yeah. mean um no, you're, you're right. but uh yeah i mean like i i would i would listen to that uh i i i put the whole the whole more or less the whole clinic up on one of my podcasts a couple weeks ago and um okay. 
it, it it's a really good session. He talks about a lot of different things, and it's hard to hear some of it. But, um, but I think that having a plan B is a cool, real cool concept. So, I mean, for him, like the the ghost thing, I thought was really cool. Um, having a plan B, and he gets into some other stuff. But at the end of the day, cool. you know, uh, if you could bottle up that confidence that you had that day, uh, let me know. Cause I want it to <laughs> <I'll> buy it. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely, man. Hey guys, I'm all about bringing value. So shoot me all of the questions that you have. Seabork at PGA.com. If you like the stuff, be sure to share it and subscribe on whatever channels you're watching it on. Apple podcasts, Google casts, any of those channels, you should be able to subscribe easily. So you get every episode. Thanks guys. <laughs>